You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, well, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here, and I, well, I'm i just in complete and utter disbelief with the uh, the two biggest talking points of this week of professional wrestling. Um, I, I'm just, I really, truly, am truly, truly, truly shocked about what happened this week. I mean... I can't believe that Viscera is the latest addition to the House of Black. Can you believe that? It's insane. I mean, let's be honest here. This man was was is believed to be dead. I mean, the same time, so was the Undertaker. But hey, that's wrestling for you, folks. I mean, hey, he was in the Ministry of Darkness at one point, so he could be in another spooky faction. That's for. <laughs> Handful of people will listen to this. Uh, I, I, if I popped you, you're. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, no, let's let's just get into the real serious matter. Um, obviously, the two big uh, talking points of this week is um, one that Stone Cold Steve Austin is reported to be returning to the ring uh, for WWE at WrestleMania to face Kevin Owens, and that Cody and Brandy Rhodes have left AEW and that Cody Rhodes appears to be on his way to WWE. Um, I really, really didn't know what to start with because both of these stories are so big to the point that Cody's departure was trending more than Steve Austin on social media from when it happened. They only These things were only reported a day apart from each other and Cody's leaving is a bigger impact than uh, Steve Austin's return, supposedly. Um, I guess we should talk about uh, Cody Rhodes real quickly. Because, again, a lot of people are still talking about Cody leaving. Uh, there's so much to unpack here. So I'm going to go try and go through all the details I can find uh, for his departure. And uh, I will do my very best to try and keep up with it. So, uh, according to WrestleTalk here, uh, it says that Cody Rhodes have been described as a polarizing figure in AEW by insiders. So, what was the mood like backstage at his uh, departure from Dynamite? Uh, it says on Tuesday, the 15th of February, the wrestling world was shocked by the news that Cody and his wife Brandy would be electing to not re-sign with AEW and were perhaps headed back to WWE, leaving many more questions than answers, including the impact on the rest of the AEW locker room. According to Fightful Select, the mood was largely unch- uh, unchanged in the AEW locker room. Fightful reports that everyone... They asked, note, things were business as usual, with one source uh, quick to note in pro wrestling, life goes on. Uh, the source that Fifel spoke to noted that nothing in particular seemed to be out of the ordinary, and the expectation is that AEW will not be attempting to ignore or erase the existence of Cody and Brandy Rhodes from their history. Uh, that's that's true because they acknowledged the dog collar match between Bro- Mr. Brody Lee and Cody Rhodes when MJF versus CM Punk was when CM Punk challenged MJF for a dog collar match on Dynamite this week. While Cody, uh, the article continues, while Cody was removed from the intro. He notably was mentioned on commentary, like I just said. Uh, Rhodes was mentioned during the Dynamite main event for the TNT Championship between Sammy and Darby Allen. Cody was mentioned during the opening segment featuring CM Punk and MJF. In reference to, like I did, like said right there, uh, there's a lot other details here, so I'm going through as much of the uh, of the stories that we have here. Um, so it was shown that he was removed from the graphic from uh, from AEW from the Revolution uh, graphic from uh, <clears throat> from uh, what should we call it from from uh, the the graphic in the beginning of the show. Um, there's there's so much to go over. So here from uh, WrestlingInc.com uh, is writing that. 
In an update with PW Insider, reports say that Cody, an AEW president, CEO, general manager, and head of creative Tony Khan, hit a snag in contract negotiations a few weeks back due to differences in pay. That led to the end of their negotiations. Khan reportedly learned the departures this morning, according to ESPN's Mike uh, Kubring. Rhodes signed his departure departure paper then. This... Uh, intensifies, as it was previously reported, that the WWE knew Rhodes' AG of departure was going to be announced this morning. The negotiations officially fell apart on Monday. According to F4W Online, it was noted that both Cody and Brandy had been working on AEW projects for the future. It was also said that, as of Monday morning, lawyers were involved with the working out split between the two sides. Khan has said in the past that he had counter- counter uh, options on all key talent for 2022 Rhodes did not have an option year and possibly a two-year option so Khan would have made the decision not to execute that uh, the option it was reported before how Rhodes was not at the Atlantic City New Jersey Dynamite taping last week word now is that Cody's road case which contains his gear and other belongings for the road had been cleaned out at that point which some saw that as a sign that he was as good as gone up until it was expected that cody and brandy would remain with the company as there were plans for them to appear at upcoming dynamite tapings we've noted how multiple sources state that Cody has been in talks with WWE about a return deal, and sources within WWE expect the deal to be breached soon. PW Insider adds that the WWE have had, quote, contact with Rhodes during, dating back to the end of 2021 when his AEW contract expired. Now, this would be meaning, this is me saying here, no contract tampering because, you know, Cody was not under contract, so legally no one was breaking any rules here. Um, let's see here. Uh, there, quote, uh, the article continues saying, There is still no word on Rhodes' inkling of the WWE contract, but as he does have a long-time relationship with WWE talent relations head John Laurinaitis, which should help, there is said to be a feeling of excitement among those people who work in the comp- in WWE about a potential Rhodes return as an in-ring talent, while others have noted that from a strategic standpoint, Rhodes would be the first AEW talent to jump ship to WWE and also have an uh, intimate knowledge of how AW is ran due to his previous involvement as an executive vice president. One WWE source believed Rhodes could be a, at the WWE Performance Center as early as this weekend to prepare for a return, but as noted, nothing is official as of this writing, and I think a lot of this stuff has changed since the writing of this article. In regards to speculation on Rhodes' departure changing the way the AW is ran, PW Insider reports that not much will change, if anything at all. There are some who were very down to earth, uh, down earlier today when the departure was announced. As Rhodes was someone who made time for everyone and did not take on a role of, a, uh, and did take on a role rather of a mentor behind the scenes with several talents, not just his American Nightmare associates and students. Cody will reportedly remain on the Nightmare Factory School. Amanda Huber will be taking over over AEW's community outreach division. She's been working the department since AW hired her last year, but Rhodes has been deeply involved as well. There's no word yet on how Warner Media uh, executives feel about the departure, but it was noted the Rhodes to the Top reality series will not be moving forward for the second season. There is no word on yet if Rhodes is still contractually obligated to appear on TBS Go Big Show if it's picked up for a third season. As reported earlier today, Rhodes does not have a non-compete clause with AW, and he is free to begin working for any promotion immediately. There's still no word on if WWE would also bring in Brandy, but she has made it clear she wants to wrestle. And it says stay tuned here. We have uh, a lot of different uh, things here. Uh, it says that according to Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated, Brandy is not expected to join Cody in WWE. Um, we said the weekend, uh, he left back in, uh, just going skimming through some things here. So, uh, in another report from Wade Keller of PW Torch, backstage news had emerged of relationships between the AEW vice presidents prior to Cody's departure. In May of 2021, Cody denied rumors of infighting between himself and the elite. According to several reports, Cody, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks have been on good terms recently. Per Wade Keller, PW Torch, the EVPs have been getting along well lately. Rhodes reportedly told the other EVPs that he was 
unhappy two weeks ago. Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer, also reports that the EVPs were getting along the best they have been in a long time and were working on future projects for the, together just last week. It also says it is believed that the financial dispute and loss of booking power led to Cody's departure. Multiple sources accept, uh, expect Cody to return to WWE soon. Uh, that's more things. Uh, t- apparently, Tony Khan made the uh, decision to remove Cody from his uh, booking duties, and that really upset Cody, considering he uh, is a considering that he wanted to be a lot like his dad in the booking side of things and that he really just wanted to, you know, follow in that legacy. Uh, and that apparently is one of the things that upset Cody Rhodes and is apparently leading to his main departure from the company. Um, and we have more da- backstage details. Is that Cody Rhodes leaving for a potential AWU run? Okay. We already said that. Uh, according to Fightful Select, there was an excitement and shock from the company's roster with several top stars. Welcome, Cody, back at open arms. There are quite a few talent that came up with Cody in the business and are excited for the idea of his return. Fightful reports that um, prevailing belief that WWE is that Rhodes fell out of power and AEW wanted a significant raise, uh, raise prior to his departure. Uh, it is also noted that one top name thinks they... Uh, uh, it also knows that one top name said they think it will be great for fans and described it was the most interesting thing in the company in a long time. There's no confirmation yet, but Cody had uh, that signed a WWE deal, but possibly many uh, individuals uh, excited. We will have future updates. Uh, it's very expected that Cody, again, will go back to WWE. Uh, other things that Wade Keller had said uh, from PW uh, Torch is that, you know, there's a lot of love for Cody backstage, but not much is said about Brandy in return. Um, it's saddened about Cody is leaving, but not so much that Brandy has left with uh, with him. Um, there was a main falling out, uh, as we've seen with Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan, and you know, really that um, it 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 shows that. Uh, and there's more stuff coming in here. That um, it says update on Brandy Rhodes' future with Cody. Uh, it says despite Cody Rhodes being signed to WWE, it's looking more and more like Brandy Rhodes will not be joining her husband. Uh, we already talked about that. Really, she doesn't look like she's gonna be joining. Um, th- there's again, I, I'm I'm just seeing as time has gone on. In the beginning, Cody was seen as a top key contender. He was seen as a guy in the very beginning of AEW. You know, you looked at him, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, um, you know, a lot of different guys. Those were the key guys in getting the ground running for AEW. And now, as time has gone on, more people have risen into stardom, along with Hangman Page, Darby Allin, uh, Sammy Guevara, MJF, um, uh, you know, uh, other guys have been drawing in the company and other girls too, like like Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Uh, there's you know there's also guys who have come in in the company in the past several months of guys like CM Punk returning to wrestling and joining AEW, Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. Uh, you know a lot of people coming into the company now, and it's you know it's a lot of things of like. They can't necessarily afford to keep Cody. I don't afford to keep Cody, but the uh, the whole thing of just like uh, how you know it's. What I'm trying to say here. What I'm trying to say is that those guys are big money contracts. In fact, CM Punk's contract is the highest paid uh, contract in AEW, and prior to that, it was Chris Jericho. And obviously, Cody can't be afforded to keep. I think CM Punk is going to have Tony Khan's going to see more value in CM Punk rather than Cody Rhodes. Uh, it's it's just mind-boggling, man. You know, there's still so much going on. Um, there was even one thing uh, here that Cody Rhodes uh, encouraged a fan to uh to still watch AEW. The fan in question uh was saying that um 
that you know he um he's very much like you know he's like he only tuned into AEW because he wanted to see if they would take Cody out, which they did. Uh, and he's like, I'm I'm gonna need to take a break, and I'm not gonna want to watch. Um, so uh, he says that I'd encourage you still to watch it. I was very lucky to ha- that my hard work led me to the face. Uh, he says he was the guy said he was the face of revolution. It's not worth him watching now. Uh, you know that I was the face, but I wasn't alone. Nick, Matt, Kenny, Chicken, and it says here Chicken is Dustin Rhodes, his brother Jericho, MGF, Hang, Hangman Page, were all as well. Uh, were as well, and they all, and all the new girls and guys putting in the shift now as well. Wrestling is thriving. It's really a positive thing, and Cody is really being a really big stand-up guy now that he is, you know, as he's leaving, and I feel like he's, I feel like if there's any petty matters, I really feel like Cody is not a guy to air out dirty laundry. He's not a guy to go out and talk shit about people in a shoot interview or to get on a podcast and just spill the beans. He really seems like a really respectful guy, and I've met Cody Rhodes uh, years ago at a Ring of Honor show when uh, before the time as they were getting ready to do All In, uh, it was uh, Cody versus Flip Gordon, and the whole story going into the All In uh, show with being the elite is that Flip Gordon kept trying to get booked uh, at All In, and he kept losing every opportunity. Um, so and he and I met Cody the sign one of the signing you know they did signings before the show and he and he was just a super nice guy man he's I remember just talking with him I was and I and I was I loved his indie run which is why like I really hope he doesn't go to WWE he probably will but I would just love it if he did like a big like a little indie run before he left went back to WWE because uh, the indies are back and they're thriving again um and I you know I was a big Cody Rhodes fan of, of Bullet Club Cody and I was wearing one of my Bullet Club Cody shirts and I'm just talking with him and I you know I just asked like you know there's some guys you want to get in the ring with you haven't gotten there with yet and he's like ah oh, you know hmm. he's like oh, Tanahashi maybe uh he's getting up there in age so I'm not sure and uh he named a couple other guys I can't remember but I remember him specifically mentioning Tanahashi uh, I said, no, oh, you know, Naito maybe. He's like, mm, yeah, Naito's not bad. And then he, and then he's like, well, one guy I want to get in the ring is, uh, is Walter. Now this is like 2017. I didn't know who Walter was at the time. Cody Rhodes is the one who introduced me to Walter. And he's like, are you familiar with him? I'm like, no, actually, who is Walter? He's like, he's this big dude from Austria, and he's a big on the UK independence. He like he has the hardest, nastiest, loudest chops. Like definitely look him up. He's a guy I would love to get in the ring with. Well, now that Cody's going back to WWE, could see a Cody Walter match. I refuse to call him by that other name. That is his slave name. That name they gave him is Walter's slave name, and I refuse to call him that. Um, so we could see that. Could be interesting. Um, but yeah, Cody was a super nice guy, really, really cool, uh, just very nice down to earth dude. And he doesn't seem like a guy who would just go around and talk shit about other people. He's very gracious and he's, and the, the, the message he let out, you know, to the AEW locker room, just thanking everybody top to bottom to Omega, the Bucks, uh, Dustin, uh, Jericho, and then, you know, he gave props to people and he thanked Tony Khan and, you know, I think, think obviously his wife. Uh, he's saying to my uh, my AW kiddos, you know, naming off some people that he's helped develop, guys like Darby Allen, Sammy Kafara, MJF, um, you know, and so many other names uh, just that I'm blanking on right now because I don't have a statement in front of me. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's wild that in 2022, in only the second month, Cody Rhodes is the first, most likely the first defection from AEW to WWE, and he was a founding member of the company, and he was an executive vice president, when a lot of people probably thought that first person could have been MJF, possibly, who knew, but who would have thought that it would have been Cody? Who would have thought that when the guy who left and when he didn't have anything, he didn't know anything about the independence, a guy who took a chance on himself and it led him to the most successful run 
of his entire career and eventually got him back to where he started, potentially. We don't know that for certain, but most likely that's how it's going to end up. I got to say, man, that I there were a lot of things of Cody Rhodes' post-WWE run that I loved. The latter half of his AEW run I was not crazy about, you know, but he did business the right way. And think about this for a second for those of you who may not know. Cody Rhodes' first match was against Sammy Guevara. The first, uh, sorry, the first Dynamite in AEW. The first Dynamite episode. His last AEW Dynamite match was against Sammy Guevara. Cody won the first match. Sammy won the second. And in the end, he put over Sammy so Sammy could become the undisputed TNT champion. I don't know how... I really don't know how you... Because he did gain this reputation of being a... a um, like the, a, the AEW's Triple H, you know, oh, burying younger talent when the whole Anthony Gogo thing happened when there are so many other things to prove otherwise. You know, he put over Darby Allen to for Darby to eventually win the TNT title. He put over Brody Lee, making Brody look like an absolute monster when Brody won the title. He put over Sammy Guevara in this match so Sammy could become the undisputed TNT champion. There are, you know other ways in there, you know, it's Cody may have not been very well liked towards the latter half of his AEW career, but I think he was just starting a new stride on this character that he was doing with the promo he cut. Um, I'm going to miss him in AEW, honestly. I know I've talked in this podcast before about how like, oh, I'm not interested in Cody's story right now. I'm like, but I'm still a Cody Rhodes fan. I'm still... Interested to see wh- what happens with him. I personally want to see him go in the indies. I don't think it's going to happen. I think WWE is where he's going to be going now. I'm more convinced that this is happening. And it's it's just wild, man. It's just absolutely wild. And who would have thought that the first like nearly 20 minutes that I'm talking in this podcast, I'm talking about the Cody Rhodes story rather than Stone Cold Steve Austin returning to the ring. I mean... That's just crazy as it is. The 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 most famous wrestler, one of the most famous wrestlers of all time, and I don't open with that story. It just goes to show you there is so much going on. Um, let's just go into that story next. To Cody Rhodes, I wish him all the best. And hopefully he does well because he's back to go back to WWE. I mean, WWE are, are like celebrating this as a victory, and he hasn't even put pen to paper yet, apparently. And that he's supposedly going to be getting a big push coming back. Let's hope so. Let's hope that big push isn't Stardust. God damn it, Cody. Good to have you back, son. Oh, thank you, Vince. I'm really glad to be back here. All right. So you want to know my plans for you? Yeah, go right ahead. What you got for me, pal? What you got for me, boss? All right. So... Remember that gimmick we had for your last time? Ah, oh, fuck. That's right, Starbust! Stardust! <laughs> What'd you think we'd give me a push? <laughs> this is what you get. You get what you fucking deserve. God damn it! Such good shit! Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about Steve Austin. So. Uh, Sports Illustrated article says one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling history could be coming out of retirement after nearly 20 years after his last match. Holy shit. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer on Monday night that uh, reported that WWE is discussing Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens for a possible match for WrestleMania 38 in April. If the 57-year-old Austin, he's 57, oh my god, were to wrestle at that show, it would be his first match since The Rock at WrestleMania 19 in 2003. Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer that the impression he has that Austin versus Owens is on for WrestleMania, but he doesn't know if it's a done deal. Fightful uh, Select uh, responded that WWE has, quote, made significant overturn towards Austin returning to the ring at WrestleMania 38. Fightful wrote that at least, at the very least, Austin is expected for a physical role at the show. WrestleMania 38 will be a two-night made of... uh, Um, So... 
The story for a potential Austin versus Owens match appears to have already started to unfold on WWE television. The storyline, uh, whether Kevin Owens is going to have a match at WrestleMania, has been in question. A promo aired on, on Monday night where Owens insulted Texas and said one good thing about not not being at WrestleMania is that he won't have to wrestle in, ta- in Dallas. Owens also regularly uses Stone Cold Stunner, which is Austin's signature move. That figures to play with their WrestleMania match happens. Austin was inducted to the fame, occasional appearances. Uh, WWE has already can, Yeah, that's all that shit there. Um, but as far as things are going, uh, Meltzer also had reported that they are going ahead as if it's a done deal. And that it will be happening. So, let's just think about this for a minute, okay? Let's think about this. We have been very critical about wrestlers who are part-timers who come back at a later age to the ring. Now, I think it very well think... I think it depends on who said wrestler we are talking about. I think when it comes to Bill Goldberg, Bill Goldberg needs to fuck off. Bill Goldberg needs to stop wrestling. Because the big difference between Bill Goldberg and Steve Austin is that Bill Goldberg, I think, ruined his credibility as a wrestler when he he really had a pretty good return to the ring when he came back in late 2016 going on to eventually losing to Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at WrestleMania. As that run as a whole, I think if Goldberg had stopped there, I think people would remember fondly of Bill Goldberg. But now, considering how he's had horrible matches with The Undertaker for one, uh, with the fiend, uh, beating him with a fucking suplex, Goldberg to me doesn't have that credibility. Not credibility. He doesn't excite me. He concerns me because he comes back for a title match and then he takes the title off of younger stars. Now, I don't want to sit here and be a hypocrite and see you'll see how Goldberg how old Goldberg is, and he's probably around the same age, fifty five. Steve Austin's a year older than him. The big difference is between Steve Austin and Bill Goldberg. Steve Austin, he has not wrestled, as that report said, in over 20 years. So it's more special. Uh, there have also been reports that apparently that Austin could be will be getting a Edge or Goldberg-type contract being offered $3 million dollars a year for doing two to three matches supposedly can you imagine that showing up to work two to three times a year say three times a year that's a million dollars for for those matches a million dollars a match fucking wild man um it's a lot it's a lot to to take in now the big difference between Bill Goldberg and Steve Austin is that Steve Austin could work. Steve Austin can wrestle. Bill Goldberg could only work a very limited style of match, which was a squash match. And maybe Bill Goldberg was the best at doing squash matches because he couldn't work long matches. Maybe. That's your own opinion or my own opinion. I don't even fucking know. I'm just throwing it out there. Austin, I mean... There are a lot of dream matches for Austin. Kevin Owens, as far as WWE goes, is the first person and perfect person to have in that capacity. Now, I don't think we should be having Austin face like super old guys like Goldberg. Even though I could totally see that at Saudi Arabia. Honestly, I could. And it won't be interesting because... People wanted to see that match 20 years ago. And by the time Goldberg came to the company, they they didn't... <laughs> Austin was retired. 
I I think there's a lot of positive and a lot of and there's some negative to this. The negative is that it's another older wrestler coming back in, but at this positive, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's 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 just it's um it's insane, you know. I personally would like to see it. I was texting with Sean earlier this week saying no way it's gonna fucking happen, but apparently it is. Um, I think you get a few matches out of out of Austin, even if you just do the one Kevin Owens match. I'm fine with it, but you know Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Roman. Owen Reigns, you know, Drew McIntyre. Uh, it, it's a lot that can happen here. I don't know. Um, but I don't want to see Austin wrestle everybody. I don't think he will. I think he'll probably just have a few matches here and there and then just take it easy. Man, the amount of money the company is making... To coax Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, out of retirement. You know? I guess all those budget cuts really uh, really worked out so they could bring back Steve Austin. They had to cut all those other guys so they could bring back Steve Austin. You know? Who needed uh, Aleister Black and Keith Lee and Bray Wyatt? Who needed them? I kid, I kid, I love Austin. I've told the story a million times in this podcast. He's the one who got me into wrestling. I'm more or less questioning the morals of the company, not the wrestlers. Um, Do I want to see it? Yes. I want to see, I would love to see Austin versus, versus Owens. Because the only other Steve Austin dream match I would want to see is, uh, is CM Punk. Really, that's it. You know, some people might think, ah, oh, this is not really great. He's an older guy. And some people might be like, um, oh, this is great. I mean, I don't know, man. Let us know on Twitter at TNAWP, TNAWP, what you think. Do you think, are you excited for Steve Austin versus, uh, versus, uh, Kevin Owens potentially? I mean, you, some of you guys did let me know on Twitter. Let us know here at TNAWP, the Not the Wrestling Podcast official Twitter page. I put out a a poll that said, "If you want to see Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, give me a hell yeah!" And sixty four percent of you gave me a hell yeah, and thirty six percent of you said no. So there is um, there is a some pe- there are some people who thought who who um who don't want to see this. Personally, I think it'd be great. Um. And real quickly, I also asked you guys about Cody Rhodes. Um, I asked you guys, what was your favorite Cody Rhodes match in AEW? And I said, if your favorite isn't listed, let us know. So the, the choices I gave you, uh, Chris Jericho at Full Gear, Darby Allen at Fighter Fest, Brody Lee Squash Match, and Dustin Rhodes. Chris Jericho at 6%, Darby at Fighter Fest, 12%, Brody Lee Squash, 24 and... This one by a landslide, 58%. Dustin Rhodes at double or nothing. I still think one of AEW's greatest matches ever. Maybe their best. Maybe. I still think their best is Omega and Paige versus the Bucks. And finally, I asked, where do you think Cody Rhodes will go after his AEW departure? Uh, an indie run, Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE. 29% said indie run. Yep, you're with me. Impact. 7%, ROH, 4%, WWE, 60%. I remember reading something where some guy's just like, no, I do not think the W, uh, he'll go to a, uh, he'll go to, uh, AEW, uh, uh, to WWE. He's like, I think, like, this is, this is what's going to happen. He's going to go to Ring of Honor and revitalize it. That's what's going to happen. That's a report. I'm like, no, it's not a report. That's your, that's your opinion. That is your opinion, my friend. Anyway, let us know on Twitter. At TNAWP. Do you want to see Steve Austin return? Give us a hell yeah. Do you want to see uh, Cody Rhodes go to WWE or wherever, wherever you think you're going to go? His favorite match? Let us know at TNAWP what exactly or you think Cody's going to go. 
Moving on to other th- the other things that happened this week, uh, go over a few things that happened on AEW Dynamite. It was announced in a great CM Punk promo, as always, that it will be CM Punk versus MJF for the uh, in a dog collar match, and MJF is so he is so uh, scared shitless that he says nothing when he comes out to the ring. My favorite line of this was when Punk is sitting in the middle of the ring looking at Max across the way with the picture of a young Maxwell Jacob Friedman with CM Punk. He says, for you, this is the greatest moment of your life. For me, it was just another Friday, just another day on a day in the week. Opening the promo saying, like, my name is CM Punk. I'm drug-free, I'm alcohol-free, and I am better than each and every one of you. Doesn't that sound familiar? Those are the words that solidified my career for the past 20 years. And I'm very much looking forward to this match. I really think AEW should triple down and have MJF win. But I think this is where CM Punk gets the win. And CM Punk even said, you know, Max didn't, didn't just beat me once. He beat me twice. So that'd be very interesting to see. Um, Brian Danielson uh, beats Lee Moriarty. And after the match, he uh, gives Moxley an offer to create a new AEW together, but he still hasn't given him an answer. Brian calls out Moxley to the ring. And Mox talks about his past with Brian, says that he's never defeated him no matter how many times he tries to slay the American Dragon. That Mox says they could recreate a dynasty together, but thinks the only reason Brian wants to stand beside him is because he doesn't want to stand across the ring from him, from John Moxley. Because Brian knows he would do to him what he's done to everybody else he's put through in the past three years, Mox says he won't stand side by side with nobody until he bleeds for them first. He also did mention that he told Brian, I'm not saying yes, but I'm not saying no either. So he's put the question to Brian, do you really want to join forces with me or do you not want to fight me? So I can see this going this way. I think Brian and Moxley are going to have a match at Revolution. And I think they're going to have such a brutal match, bloody even, that afterwards Moxley will shake Brian's hand, regardless of whoever wins. I think he'll shake Brian's hand. I think Moxley should win. They'll shake Brian's hand, and they'll form the faction. Because look, we talked about this a little while ago. Look at the people that Brian mentioned. Lee Moriarty, Daniel Garcia, you know, uh, Hook could even. I think Hook would be actually very good in this faction. I don't think Brian mentioned Hook, but I think Hook would be very good. Um... Because I think the potential of Moxley and Brian running the AEW division, the the men's division, just, just because now, and we'll go into the, the whole inner circle thing. Inner circle, they have imploded. I think inner circle are officially done. Santana and Ortiz beat Hager and Jericho, and Hager, uh, Jericho uh, hit a uh, drop kick to Eddie Kingston. The pole bar brawl at the end was kind of weird. Like Eddie was like trying to hit Jericho. But not trying to hit him. I think Eddie might still. I think maybe he's um, injured, and they're waiting to. Cl- and he's maybe waiting to. To actually, I don't know. No, he he took the drop kick. Why would if he was injured? Why would he? I don't know. The, the I think maybe they were. I think what probably happened was is that they were waiting for the refs, and not enough refs came down. So maybe they, the pull apart brawl. Who knows. It looked kind of weird in the end, but yeah, I think the inner circle are officially done. You know, all these guys can go their separate ways. Santana and Ortiz can make waves in the tag division. Sammy's TNT champion. Jericho is Jericho and Hager. I, uh, Hager is gonna. <laughs> Hager will be Hager, I guess. Uh, he'll kind of just do do what he does. Um, Hangman Page and Adam Cole had a face to face, and um, you know, uh, Page said something like. You know, how did it feel that your friend started a revolution while you had to watch from the sidelines? And, you know, uh, Cole had said that you, uh, you know, he's respected him. He's like, every I've been a champion everywhere I go, and my size, sights are on the AEW championship. And Paige had said that, so how's it going to feel that, yeah, you've won a championship everywhere you've gone, but you're looking at the only championship you're never going to win. 
which is bullshit. I think Cole will get the championship at some point. But um, according to Sean, good old buddy Sean, former and uh, forever, I should say, my co-host on this podcast, is that he believes that Cole is going to beat Paige at Revolution. You know what? It's very possible. I am like, elaborate. He's like, he beats Paige at Revolution. It's pretty simple, LOL. I'm like, fucking, you're reasoning, dickhead. He claims, you know, Cole's hot right now, and they should pull the trigger. And I just I texted him first and asked, like, do you think AEW could pull a fast one and make a shock decision by putting the title on Cole uh, so they can have maybe, like, uh, Cole versus Omega at Revolution? And he said yes. Um, Possibly. But... I, I don't know, man. This is, this is possible. I mean, you could do Omega versus uh, versus Cole for the title all out by putting the title on Cole right now. Uh, it kind of led to a pull apart brawl because you know Cole says you know when we are gonna face each other man to man someday, and the better man will win. And I respect for you. Blah, blah blah. Shook hands. Cole's walking away. He's got a smirk on his face. And then Red Dragon, Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish come out and attack him. And then we get the Dark Order interfering. We also had that uh, Cole, the Bucks, Red Dragon, saying that it's going to be a triple threat match at Revolution. And the uh, the, the Bucks and Red Dragon argue over which team will qualify for next week. Um, I think mm, I'm going to say the Bucks will probably get involved. The Bucks will qualify for the match and I think maybe Red Dragon will get involved because the Bucks are leaning more towards babyface these days um, Thunder Rosa had beat Mercedes Martinez in an ODQ match and after the match Britt, Jamie Hayter and Rebel attacked them um, Malachi Black his uh, his new member Viscera as we all know uh, honestly I don't know who that could be I really really do not know who that's going to be uh, but let's see what some people think here. Um, ooh, this is interesting. What if it's good old Bloody Buddy Murphy or Bloody Buddy Matthews? Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy Murphy. That would make a lot of sense considering the history that they had in WWE and the friendship they have. Like, I'd like to see it. And then finally, Sammy Guevara beaten Darby Allen to retain the TNT title. And after the match, Andrade Alito and Big Money Matt attacked them. And Andre Andrade, sorry, stole the titles. Um, I guess we'll get some kind of tag match, maybe? Sammy and Darby versus Matt and Andrade? Or maybe some kind of fatal four-way? If I recall, I don't think there's ever been a fatal four-way in AEW, there's been plenty of triple threat matches. Jimmy Havoc versus Darby versus... Uh, who the fuck was that? I th- I'm i trying to remember who that was. Um, All Out 2019. Um, that was... Pac. No, it wasn't Pac. It was, he, he faced Omega. Um... Joey Janela. See, I can't even remember. <laughs> back when Joey Janela was, you know, still a relevant guy uh, back then. We could see, we could possibly see a fatal four-way between Big Money Matt, Andrade. Um, I think Jeff is soon to come uh, in AEW. Keith Lee also said that he will be making his, has his sights on the TNT Championship. Oh, man, Sammy Guevara versus Keith Lee. Give me that fucking match. That would be a lot of fun. Um, overall, we're going into a good direction with uh, with Rev- going into Revolution. Um, it's looking like... I, I just kind of want the women's division to be a little more prominent. I, I think maybe we're going to be getting Thunder Rosa versus Britt. Maybe we can get a three-way again. Uh, a three-way with Mercedes Martinez getting involved. I don't know here. Um, if I had to see how, I think the revolution card is going to be hangman versus Cole in the main event for the title. We're going to have punk versus MJF, the dog collar match already confirmed. 
a triple threat match for the tag team titles. I would have to assume it would be uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, the obvious champions, against the Young Bucks and Santana and Ortiz uh, since they won their match. Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Um, but then again, Kings, uh, Ortiz and Santana could probably get involved with, with the match um, with Jericho and Eddie Kingston. Um, Britt Baker, uh, they could do Rosa versus... I think it's more likely they do Rosa versus Baker at Revolution. I think it's the time. I think now is the time to have Britt Baker face Thunder Rosa. You've been putting it off long enough, and I think now is the time to do it. And I could easily see some kind of four-way between Matt, Andrade, Darby, and Sammy, or a tag match, or a triple threat of Darby, Andrade versus Sammy. I would think, considering we are going to have a triple threat match for the tag titles, I would think maybe it's more likely we get a singles match or a tag match between these guys. Honestly, a tag match might happen next week. If we're being honest, we're probably going to get Sammy versus uh, Andrade at Revolution, which I would be all for. Uh, but to close out the rest of this podcast, we're going to be, I'm going to be giving my elimination chamber review, uh, review, uh, predictions for this, um, for this Sunday, for Saturday, right? Is it Saturday? Yeah. The 19th, it's Saturday. God, I'm, I'm still not used that W used to the, the fact that WWE are, are doing pay-per-views or sorry, premium live events on Saturdays. That's right. They did pay-per-views on Sundays. Now they're doing premium live events on Saturdays. All right, fuck that up. Oh, whatever. All right, I'm just doing these off the cuff because um, I don't fucking care. <laughs> uh, we have Rey Mysterio versus The Miz in a singles match. Um, I'm going to go with The Miz uh, just because the Mysterios aren't doing much and... A match of their split has been teased forever and talked about forever. I think now we have to pull the trigger so we can get to Mania, Ray versus Dominic. Next, we have Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Um, I will say Ronda Rousey and Naomi. And I think Ronda will probably get the pin over Sonya and not have Charlotte pin. Uh, be pinned or submitted by Ronda. Uh, next, we have the Elimination Chamber match to determine uh, the Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 38 against Becky Lynch. And it is Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop versus Nikki Ash versus Alexa Bliss. Um, I'm not sure where this is going to go. My heart tells me Liv Morgan. But there's a there's a lot of good potential matches here, okay? Now, we've seen Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch before, but I would love it just as the big as the underdog finally getting the big win. Um we've seen Bianca versus Becky before, but we you know this could lead to an actual full length match between them. Um I I wouldn't be opposed to it. Alexa Bliss is interesting considering she just came back and, you know, I don't think this version of Bliss and this version of Becky Lynch have faced off against each other. However, um, Rhea Ripley really intrigues me. Really, really intrigues me. So I'm going to go for a dark horse pick. I'm going to go for Rhea Ripley to win the chamber because we've only gotten a taste of Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch, if you recall from the Survivor Series build in 2019. Uh, the match is interrupted by Shayna Baszler, I think, in the Horsewoman, but I would really love to see Ripley versus Becky at WrestleMania. That'd be a really good match. Next, we have Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss with Happy Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Oh, Christ, don't tell me they're going to be doing Drew versus Corbin at WrestleMania. Why are you doing Drew? I mean, um, they might not be. But the fact that they haven't given us Drew versus Corbin yet leads me to believe it's going to be a WrestleMania. And I have to go on a tangent now, and I have to, I have to rant. Drew McIntyre 
the man who you pushed to the moon in 2020 to not only eliminate Brock Lesnar, but to win the Royal Rumble, and you're going to crown him champion at WrestleMania 36 before COVID happened. Obviously, he couldn't get his moment in front of fans. You know, he won the championship, then he lost it to Randy Orton, and then he won it back. The man carried the company, the men's division, on his back for the better part of of the COVID era. And he never got his moment of winning the title in front of fans. I was wanting it at WrestleMania 37 last year to beat Lashley. And I remember Sean telling me, he's like, oh, you know, don't worry. They could build this to a big match. And, and you know, you know, he could beat Roman or he could, next year, you know, this isn't a full capacity crowd. They want a full capacity crowd for when he wants it. No, I don't have faith in them because I truly believe they're going to do Corbin versus McIntyre. And this is the thanks he gets. Drew, thanks for putting the company on your back, pal. Thanks for, for co- putting the company on your back as champion during one of the most... Uh, unwatchable times of wrestling and working your ass off to be champion and the guy right now. So here's how we're going to repay you. We're going to give you a match against Happy Corbin in the first full capacity WrestleMania since COVID. And you're not even going to get a big marquee match against a big opponent. And you're not even going to get your championship moment from the fans. Thanks, pal. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Drew wins. And then... Corbin, I, I guess him and Mania. Fucking hell, man. I don't hate Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin. I, I I think he plays his role well. But it's but for Drew, man. Come on. I'm a big Drew McIntyre fan, if you can't tell. Next, we have the Usos versus the Viking Raiders for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Usos. Nobody's going to take those titles off of them for a while. Next, we have Becky Lynch versus Lita for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm going to go with Becky because, like I said earlier, I think one of the women's going to face her, and I think it's going to be Rhea Ripley WrestleMania. Hopefully, Ripley versus Becky would be a big match. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be Becky uh, beating Lita. Makes sense. Next, we have the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, with Paul Heyman in his corner. Versus Bill Goldberg for the Universal Championship. I was saying on the podcast last week, uh, just get the Bill Goldberg Roman Reigns match out of the way, so we can don't have it at Mania. Uh, Roman beats Goldberg, no question about it. And finally, the men's WWE Elimination cha- uh, WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. We have the champion. Bobby Lashley defending against Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. Now, this one is a lot harder to predict. Now, some guys who I'm going to shrug off already, Austin Theory, I don't think will... Walk out with a win here. Uh, Riddle, I think, is more on the least likely side to win the championship. AJ Styles. Um, AJ going to champion as Mania is intriguing. Um, but I don't think he will win. That leaves Seth Rollins, Brock Lesnar, and Bobby Lashley. Now, Seth Rollins... I have been advocating for to to be involved in the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns storyline ever since the Rumble had after the Rumble. I've been saying for the longest time that Seth Rollins should be involved with this story because there's a not only a story between Roman and Seth or Roman and Brock or Brock and Seth, there's a story with all three of them. Seth won the title at WrestleMania by cashing in in the middle of Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns WrestleMania 31, 
making it a triple threat match. There's a story there already with all of these guys. And I would not care who wins the match. I, I wouldn't care if it's Brock. I wouldn't care if it's Seth. I wouldn't care if it's Roman. I would just be excited to see the match. Between Brock and Roman, I don't care who wins the match, but I'm not as excited. And Lashley, I mean, I don't know if he's going to go into Mania as champion. Because not too long ago, they had zero plans as to who was gonna be, who was gonna be in the championship match for the WWE title. The longest reigning championship in their company's history, one of the most pre- prestigious titles in professional wrestling history ever, and they don't know who's gonna be in the championship match. Which leads me to believe, most likely, Brock Lesnar will most likely walk out with the championship to make it Brock Lesnar. Versus Roman Reigns, title for title, at WrestleMania. Because I I really don't see Bobby going in as champion, and I don't really see how Bobby Lashley will be a big marquee player for Mania coming into as a champion. And that is not because I don't think he's a big marquee player, or I don't think he's good. I just don't know what opponent they're going to get for him to make people care because the match for me to make make a lot of people care already happened Brock versus Bobby I mean we're not going to get Brock versus Bobby at Mania because we already got Brock versus Bobby at the Rumble and it was a placeholder for to forward the story of Roman versus Brock and that's a shame because a lot of people wanted that match but I think Brock ultimately will win back the title and we'll probably get some stare down title for title at WrestleMania or something. And maybe on Raw the next day, uh, Brock will say, I'll even put my title on the line against you, Roman. And Roman Reigns will most likely probably win at WrestleMania, making him a double champion and solidifying his legacy. When in reality, you don't need to do that. You know where you can put the WWE title? You know who you can put the WWE title on and make a great story out of it? You can put it on Riddle. And you can have him and Randy Orton be the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. I don't think they're going to break up RK-Bro right now. But I think that would be a hell of a lot more interesting. I mean, hell, Bobby Lashley versus Big E would be more interesting. There's a story there, too. You have these stories in place, and you have the history with all these guys right there in front of you. And you don't know how to make a good WrestleMania card. You just don't. The incompetence of your company. Here, I mean, the WrestleMania card I would put on. Obviously, Roman versus Brock versus Seth. Triple threat for the Universal Championship. Doesn't matter who wins. We already have Charlotte versus Ronda. That's fine. Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch. That's that's good. Or you do Becky Lynch versus Bianca or Liv. You, you can do Riddle versus Randy at Mania for, for or not for the title. Bobby versus Big E. Like, there's stories there. And obviously, you know, having the the Kevin Owens, Stone Cold Steve Austin dream match, there's a lot you can do, but they choose not to go with the more interesting idea. I don't know. Maybe because they're thinking that they already gave us the Daniel Bryan thing once in the equivalent of Seth Rollins. You know, like, they're not going to do it again. Who the fuck knows? But anyway, that'll do it for this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you're a first-time listener of this podcast, I I thank you so much for listening and for making it all the way to the end of this episode. You you can follow us here on Twitter, at TNAWP. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at CJ underscore 1214. You can also follow us on Instagram, at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. And you can uh, follow us on, uh, follow me on Instagram if you like, at CJ underscore 1293. On Instagram. Um, thank you uh, really so much for listening to this. Uh, you can still vote on our polls on Twitter about if you're happy to see Steve Austin in the main event, uh, not the main event, but a match with Kevin Owens, uh, where you'd like to, see, where you think Cody Rhodes will go, uh, what your favorite Cody Rhodes match in AEW was. We still have those polls open. They're going to be open for the next few days. Um, if you are also a fan of, of nerd stuff like Star Wars and, and Marvel, just my other podcast fan speculation that I do with my co-host Vinny Carini. We did a whole theory uh, rundown reaction to the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer. 
Uh, it was a lot of fun. We're joined by our good buddy Andreas, and we have a whole bunch of theories, like Wanda being the Wanda Maximoff being the true villain of the film, the the Marvel Illuminati being involved, who are the members, the the three Doctor Strange variants potentially. A lot is going to happen. I don't want to spoil too much of what we talk about, so go check it out for yourself at uh, Fan Speculation on your favorite podcast app. Be sure you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app on this podcast here. It'll be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Leave a five-star review wherever you can. Write a review. Share with your friends. We appreciate any and all feedback that you give us so we can help grow this this uh, this podcast. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I have been CJ Palmasano, and I will see you all next time. <laughs>